Where's this bio? Where are you? I'm on. I'm on the Masters app, going through his bio. Masters right app has players' baselines. He's got 28 ways. I haven't had a 28 ways since I was in like sixth grade. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to new Masters edition of Shank Happens. It is Sunday night after the Masters. What a freaking tournament it was! It was amazing. Got my boy Ryan joining me from Florida. What's up, man? What's going on, people? Happy to be back. Happy Master Sunday. I, I uh, proud to say that I'm, I'm currently almost hungover. It's uh, now midnight, and uh, we've been going hard since right around nine, ten a.m. And uh, it's been it's been a great day. Happy to be back on the pod. And uh, looks like you had yourself a week there, Trev. Yeah, out of boy, man. I actually had no alcoholic beverages today because I was traveling all day, but. Um, I was drinking my fair share all weekend at Sage Valley, which we're going to dive into later in the show. And it was absolutely pristine and beautiful there. So if you've ever been to Sage Valley, you know what I'm talking about. If not, I'm going to tell you all about it because it was a treat. So yeah, man, all things masters. It was a hell of a tournament. We're going to just jump right into the first tee and we're going to talk about some fun stuff. But first and foremost, we got to recap from our last episode you and I always throw up, we throw out these bets and we pretty much swung and missed at Dell match play. We, you know, <laughs> we, we didn't do very good, but last week, I mean, dude, we were like looking like super good analysts here. I mean, like I was like, man, we might be getting a job on the golf channel or something like that because our boys were at the top of the leaderboard. I had Justin Rose as my number one pick. Obviously he, I mean, I thought he was going to win the tournament. He shot seven under the first day was a few shots clear of the leaders. And then Kevin Na was my secondary pick. And you had, who'd you have? You had Fino and. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I had Jordan Spieth as my first pick for the masters, obviously coming off Valero and obviously with his uh, track record at Augusta. And then I had Fino as my underdog pick. So uh, yeah, like you said, so, it was great. We, we had some good picks. We had <laughs> <Yeah>. good picks. <laughs> that's unreal. I, I remember I was like, I was with all these guys at Sage Valley and I'm like, guys, I'm like, we picked these players. I'm like, this is unreal. Like I, right. and they were all looking at me like, who cares? But I'm like, no, it's for real though. I mean, that's pretty sick. I was like, the guy that <laughs> I, I picked, I'm like, I'm going to win 200 bucks. Like, yes. <laughs> but yeah, they fizzled off. They didn't win, but they yeah, kept it interesting, um, which was cool. So, uh, the one Instagram page golf and jokes, he listens to the pod or whatever. And I saw, um, after the, the episode we aired early on the week in, in where we had announced our picks, he was like, oh, PJ Memes picks looking good on the first day when Rose is at the top of the leaderboard. And then sure enough, Jordan fires right back on Friday. Yeah. And um, and uh, it got close. And and then Finau was right there. And I was like, shit, man, like I, I feel pretty good about myself. Like, uh, of course, if, if there was any like actual money on it, you know, in, in sportsbook or things like that, I, I guarantee you that that would wouldn't have been the case but i mean yeah. you know solid picks solid picks for sure it was it was fun i mean well it's funny i reposted that story that he did and uh i had so many people hating on me the second day like oh yeah look at him now he sucks i'm like okay i'm like sorry you know but i was disappointed rosie didn't play that great over the over the weekend but i mean his game's obviously coming along he plays that course great i think he's gonna win there one day i just i just feel it like he's he just yeah, he plays well there so I think that's inevitable for sure. But Hideki uh, comes out and wins the first major ever from a player from Japan. You also had um, a girl from Japan win in the, the amateur event there just uh, eight days prior. Um, so big week for golf in Japan, which is going to be obviously very big for the game of golf. You saw the congratulations that Tiger Woods tweeted out. I mean, he's spot on. 
This is going to be huge for the game of golf. Um, Hideki's just a great player, um, great ball striker. He obviously had a really close run at the PGA Championship a couple of years ago um, at Quail Hollow. Quail Hollow plays a lot like Augusta National, and I guess it just suits his eye. He played really well, and he took full advantage of soft conditions coming out of the weather delay on Saturday. Oh. And I was tell- telling you, man, the guys I was with, they were all big gamblers. And they all had Hideki in all of these different bets and pulls. And it was pretty cool. I mean, I've never really been around, like, Hideki fans. Um, you know, because obviously the lion's share of his fans are in Japan. And he's huge in Japan. I mean, that guy is huge in Japan. He is like Michael Jordan over there to what right. we see here in America when Michael was in his prime. And for him to win the Masters, it's just going to – explode but this house everyone was just screaming for Hideki and just throwing darts in on the back nine and that up and down he had on 18 18. on Saturday was unreal I was like I was thinking he was going to take it in high and he ends up doing the bump and run hits it to like two feet I mean what a player dude he I mean he just outplayed everybody over the weekend and looked like he was going to fall apart a little bit uh there in the middle of the back nine and he had a few other people fall apart a little, a little more than he was, which helped his cause. But hey, congrats to Hideki. He's a great dude. I think it's really good for the game of golf. Uh, I'm happy for him, man. Yeah, me too. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head about the uh, the weather delay and taking advantage of the soft conditions because Hideki is an aggressive player, notoriously. Um, and I think he was one of the few guys that really made that adjustment and started attacking flags. And I, I think he had eight holes left to play after the rain delay, and he went six under through those eight holes. I mean, he really oh, no. did take advantage. It's, it's, it's insane. So I, I really think that that was the, the winning moment for him right there. That's what, that's what put it all together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, said, I said in the beginning of the day today, I was like, if he goes out there and shoots even or one under, he's probably going to win. Because I was watching early golf all day, and, like, you know, the, the greens were still soft, but, but – some of them were firm, firmer than they were the day prior and putts weren't falling and a lot of lines that normally would break were holding and the course was just playing a little different. So it wasn't a super scorable golf course today. Of course, you had a couple good rounds. You had like John Rahm go out there. I think he shot oh, six under bogey free. Like yeah, he, 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 he Yeah, right. So, so, I mean, you had a, those few guys that are going to go out there and score low, but um, you know, w- the pressure that it holds being in, you know, the top five on a Sunday at Augusta and uh, knowing you have to go low to, to chase Hideki, that's going to amount to a lot of pressure. It's going to be tough to score, especially when conditions aren't really there, but Hideki, you know, he held it together. A couple hiccups, you know, yeah. and Co- yeah. let's couple talk hiccups. about those. I yeah, mean, how so does guess- feel? Well, so I guess let me ask you this question because I'm not one to root against people unless it's, you know, someone you like really hate. I mean, there's been times where I've rooted against like Patrick Reed. Um, There's some other players that are like, you know, good guys, right? Like good dudes for the community, good family guys, but they're kind of just boring to watch on TV. So you're kind of like, you don't want them to win. You want, you know, someone that you like to win, maybe someone you've friended uh, through your channel or whatnot, but with Hideki, it's like a guy who I don't love and I don't hate. Like, he's mm-hmm. just the guy who I respect. He's a phenomenal player. He looks like he's a fun dude. Um, he looks like if you could spend time with him, he'd be a lot of fun. But 
were you like rooting for him to to win or were you rooting for him to lose? Cause like today, like I, I kind of had feelings of both, you know, when he, when he started stumbling on he, he bogeyed 12 and then he had two bad shots on 13, which he got both had really good breaks. He, he hit it into the trees. It looked like he was going to be in where Mickelson was back in the day. Um, and it kicked back out to the, uh, the rough. And then he overshot the green and it just stuck right there when it looked like that was going to go up into the pine straw. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, shit, if he bogeys 13, that's huge because that's like bad. Everyone's birdying that hole. And then he hit it in the water at 15. You know, I'm like, holy yep. shit, this guy is falling apart. And Xander's like on fire. He birdied three or four in a row. So, I mean, I was kind of rooting against him, not, not because I – didn't really want Hideki to win. I wanted more drama. I wanted more right. interest in the back nine. So I don't know. I, I was kind of there on the fence, but I mean, where were you emotionally? Were you like rooting for the guy to, to crush it or no. did you want to see something like I was looking for? No, same spot. And I think that 95% of people watching the masters, even though if they may have wanted Hideki to win, we're still thinking the same thing. Everyone wants to see a competitive back nine on the final round of Augusta. That's what they want to see. And um, you know, the tour wants to see that Augusta wants to see that the fans want to see that you and I want to see that. So that's why we're both on the same page. So, you know, I, I, I never, I, I think if you're rooting for Hideki to just lose, uh, just, just outright, like you just don't want him to win. That's just super selfish and very, <laughs> kind of inc- yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up, dude. It's so fucked up. Cause think about it. He's a great guy and he, in, in like he barely speaks any English, right? I mean, I don't know how much English he speaks, but I mean, he's using a translator for most things. So, yeah. so I mean, like this guy from Japan worked his ass off probably his whole entire life, and he's able to bring home a major championship, uh, you know, the first Masters title for for his country. I mean, that's huge. That's a great storyline, and I think that anybody with a heart can really get behind that, and that's awesome. And and, and I think it's great. And he does have a big personality. You can tell, but that language barrier maybe holds him back a little bit. But I've seen so many clips, you know, today on social media of him just kind of being goofy on camera. And that's mm. cool, man. You know, and 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 I think that that's great for the game of golf because I don't want, you know, Americans, our American listeners to to feel so like I don't want us to feel like we have a monopoly over the game of golf. It's a global game and it needs to grow outside of the United States of America as well. And, you know, so I think this is big for Japan. So to root against him, I think that's fucked up. It's selfish, but yes, when the ball went in the water on 15, did I jump out of my chair and get a little bit stoked because we might see a little, a little, you know, fire coming into the final stretch or final, final few holes. Like, absolutely dude. I mean, yeah. To see that would be awesome. That's what everyone wants to see. So to feel that way, dude, it, well, there's nothing wrong with that. What I'll whatsoever. compare it to is it wasn't like he hit it in the water at 15 and I'm like, yes, like, yes, like I'm, I'm stoked or whatever. I was like that when Frankie hit it in the water at 15 in 2019. Oh, Why? Fuck yeah. Because Tiger. the fucking goat, dude, he, you know, <laughs> yeah. I wanted Tiger to win bad. Like, listen, yeah. I wanted Xander to win. Um, Xander's putting coach was with me at Sage all weekend and we were talking and we were like, dude, how sick would Xander be for Xander to win? Like it was caddies a stud. He was on, on the tee last year too. And like, I'm like, that'd be sick. So you want Xander to win. Um, you know, look at some of the other people, obviously you want Spieth to win. Um, even though it was your pick, I wanted to see him win. I thought it'd be sick. And yeah. So like him hitting in the water, it was like, Ooh, Oh, okay. You know, here we go. But when Frankie hit it into the water, you know, when Brooks hit it into the water, 
and this is 2019, you're like, dude, you, you know, had you had Poulter, you had Frankie, you had Brooks, and you had Tony all headed in the water, like right before Tiger. <laughs> it's yep. crazy. Yeah. It was, it, it and was you loved cool. every single one of them. You loved yeah, it. That, it was crazy. I mean, I remember and I relived it because during the weather delay, we had just yep. got done playing golf and we were at the bar watching it and it was like insane. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I remember the feels of this. It was like the yep. greatest Masters ever. So yeah, I, listen, I, I'm so I'm happy that he won though. I think it's good for golf. Um, it was good that these other names were at the top of the leaderboard. I mean, dude, Tony Finau has been playing really good there at Augusta. I really, I like his chances to win uh, there in his career. I think that's going to be where his best shot is to win a major. I think he's going to do it. I think you said so last week, but the dude would look great in the green jacket. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he'll don one someday, but Spieth's back. I mean, dude, he's playing so well. Obviously he won last week. He had a lot of near misses at the beginning of the season. I mean, he really had that, tournament dude i mean he was in some bad spots i mean i think in round one if it was round one or two but he made a seven i think on number nine came back and birdied 10 i uh, had short-term memory just played really good man it's it's like he just plays that course so well so we got he got to finish with a tied third obviously he has a second place finish earlier in his career um i think it was his first masters the guy's gonna win another green jacket i mean he's super young still the swagger's back it just sucks now that we're having to wait for another Masters till next April when we were spoiled to have two in such a short period of time. But I'll take it, man. I appreciated it. I loved it. Uh, but it was cool to see the course back in uh, the spring bloom and see the azaleas out and see it in its normal colors and everything. Good to see patrons out there. You've got you got 25, I think, percent capacity, I believe is what it was. And yeah. Um, which is pretty cool for those that got to go. It was probably really special um, to experience everything close up and everything. But I guess one thing we wanted to talk about here on this first tee segment was the course in general. I mean, obviously it looks beautiful. Uh, Augusta National does a phenomenal job with everything on the course, but there are some holes that maybe stand out amongst others that are the best or super scenic or beautiful. Uh, Obviously, if you listened to the pod last week, you know that you and I have both had no chance to play there up to this point, but we hope that that will happen. And if there's any members from Augusta National that are listening to Shank Happens right now and you are sympathetic, got, you know, and want us to come. I got 5K in my back pocket. Brian's got 5K <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll pay 5K too, but uh, we, we really want to come. So invite us, but you know, the course obviously has some holes that are kind of eh. And I, yeah. I mean, I'm sure those eh holes are, probably one of the best holes that like your home course or something you know we, we, but we 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 sound like a couple of eh holes bringing this up right now saying. yeah but like so the question that's like the dumbest question but it's got to be asked i mean yeah like, you hear some people say that oh there's no dumb questions but it's kind of a dumb question because every hole there is fucking unreal that course is unbelievable but what's what what's the worst hole at augusta national or i wouldn't say the worst hole but what's the hole that you just like whatever like i, I don't like that hole yeah, like if I was there and and like if somebody brought me out to Augusta and like, hey, you get to play one hole and, and they picked it and it would be the one that I was least excited to play. Like if somebody was like, hey, you get to go play number five, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> like really? Number <laughs> number five? <laughs> That's Magnolia. what I get? Yeah, like no, number five or, or like um, – I'd say number five, probably number five with a Sunday pin. It's just like, dude, this, that sucks. Oh, like, I don't, green. 
I don't well, want to play that all, all. They just they reconstructed that hole like a, a year or two ago, and it's like 500 yard par four. Like, dude, right. like obviously these guys are hitting it a mile, but when you see 500 yards on a par four in Georgia, like it's not in Colorado, or you know, it's just, yeah, that's but it's just like, ridiculous. It's still a slightly uphill tee shot too, isn't it? Like I I looked at some of the numbers and the guys were hitting it like 280. Like some of the to carry the, the bunkers, you have to hit it 315 yards. Yeah, so. Man. Obviously, no like way. a lot of guys can do that, but to carry the bunkers, you know, that's a big, big shot. And then it's it's uphill, and then the green is just ridiculous. You see a lot of Crown. guys just not holding that green, and then those chip shots are just wild. You hit I mean, it maybe we sound like idiots. I, I just don't think that hole has a ton of character to it. So, like, I'm not saying it's it's a shit golf hole. It's just the the one that I I think I would be least excited to play on that course. Well, but it's there's cool a couple others, have- too. Yeah, there's, it's cool that they have a hole like that where I'm sure all the players hate that hole too because it's extremely challenging, but it's good that they have right. holes like that because there's holes there that are super easy. I mean, 13 is super easy for them. You know, it's yeah. just like it really everyone there should be on in two or, you know, hitting a wedge shot from really close proximity. And the green seems to be – I mean, obviously I haven't putted there, but the green seems to be a little more favorable if you know your spots, which these guys all do. So – it always amazes me to see people not making at least a par on 13. It's just crazy. Yeah. But um, even the hole before, so I've walked the course a couple times. Number four, it's a long par three. Uh, um, it's pretty cool with with fans there because it's like just this crowded long tee box. But right. it's not a hole that you like look at and you're like, oh, I'd love to play this hole, you know. Um, but so like, what's would, yours? What's your least least favorite? I would I would say fourteen is kind of a hole that's like, I don't know, Chinese fur is what the name of the hole is. <laughs> but I'd say the thing about fourteen is you just left Amen Corner, three just stunning holes back to back to back, and then you go to fourteen, and it's just this to me. It seems like just kind of like a ordinary hole for them. It's a shorter par four. Um, Nothing special about it. You don't hear them ever talk about it really on the course. You have, you know, Spieth birdied it there today. But then you get back to 15 and 16, which are two beautiful holes, uh, scoring holes. 16, to me, I think 16 is the funnest hole on the course. Like 13 is great. I like to see the guys get there in two and have a chance at an eagle. But 16 is just fun, man. Like I, would I love seeing them play. Like, you know, you had a hole in one at 16. I know that was one of our uh, – bets that we had and, and things we talked about on buy or sell, but um, you had a hole in one there on Thursday, Fleetwood and Sunday pin placement is just awesome. I mean, if they hit it in the right spot, it's so fun to see the ball come back down towards the hole. And like, and that's the greatest place I think to park up there is to sit at 16 and watch the, the tee, uh, the approach shots flying to 15, watch them tee off on 16. It's just a cool spot on the course. It's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I sorry, I got slightly distracted there for a second because I had to Google Chinese fur. <laughs> <laughs> what, what came up in your Google search? Well, well, first of all, I typed in Chinese, and then I typed in literally fur. F U R. Found out it's F I R. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to see what you're saying. Dude, I was thinking about it. I was like, how the fuck did they come up with that name? And I was like, what? What is it? But anyways, uh, it's it's a plant. It's, uh, it's, it's a plant, a, people. It's, it's a, a plant. It's a tree in the cypress family. So uh, Chinese fir. So I'm, I'm guessing uh, several of those must be planted amongst the uh, 
that hole there. So yeah, sorry. That just really, that threw me off for a second. And I'm not going to lie. Like I was listening, but I also wasn't listening because I was like Chinese fur. Like, yeah, it threw you off there uh, with that name. I sounds mean, a little weird. That, <laughs> 17's a hole that gets overlooked a lot. Like you don't hear people talk about it a lot. It's another, it's the same distance, I believe is uh, 14. It's a, uh, it's a 400, like 40 yard par four, you know, 18, obviously he's got that incredible tee shot. Um, yeah. You know, challenging. You know, second shot, challenging so, green. So you're going. You're going least favorite, probably 14 favorite, 16. Yeah, and I would I, honestly like. I'm gonna just do 14 to be different than you. But if, but if I, I I'd pick you, 14 if it wasn't five. I I, I would. Yeah, yeah, I, and I yeah, I'm I, I'd be those two are my two least favorites. I would say if I if they got the chance to say hey you're gonna play Augusta National you get to pick two holes to play. Um, I would say I'd want to play 12 and I'd want to play 16. Both the par threes. Yeah. I, I would, if, if I, they said I get to go to Augusta and I get to play two holes, I'm making sure I'm getting a fucking par five in there. Cause I'm gonna try to get the most golf swings I possibly can out there. But, <laughs> but I, I would definitely go 13 and I would go 13 and 16, both Sunday pins. Um, I think that would just I, I I feel like I could play those holes over and over and over and over and never get bored and and I think mm-hmm. that there's like you know 16 obviously there's really two ways to play it you got to play it high and soft right at the flag or you got to play it um, off the slope if you want a chance at like getting it in there um, so you can't really get super creative there but I think like if you miss the green the short game shots would be fun around there, you know, try to recreate that tiger shot. And then um, I think with 13, there's so many different ways you can play that hole. I mean, there, there really is. I, I've seen, you see guys everywhere. You see guys short laying up. You see guys up in the pine straw. If they went through the fairway, you see guys bombing it and then going, going for it and then going over the green and the shot you have to hit back down the slope. And there, it, it's like so playable in so many different ways. And I, I think it's just got so much character and God, what a, what a golf hole, man. Like other than the, the beauty that you see and the amazing golf shots that you get to see from these tour pros. But if you really just took a second to kind of escape in your mind to that hole and think about the, the different ways you could play it or the different ways you might have to based upon poor shots. I think it's just sick, dude. It's yeah. a sick hole. Yeah. Really I mean, oh, that's, I just want to go play all of them. So again, <laughs> someone's, someone's listening, someone's tuning in and they want to invite us. We will gladly come and play the course. Um, <laughs> I'm getting sick. I think I got the black lung pop. <laughs> Make a wish. Foundation. Exactly. Yeah. We, yeah. we need to go play. I mean, we're just, God. we're being a little bit, we're desperate here. Okay. So yeah. yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the course is unbelievable. Uh, and it sets so- up so good for lefties, by the way. I got to put that out there. Like, so many dog-like lefts. I would be feeling great up until 18. 18's like the most I, – I think about all the shots I would have to hit on that course, and the yeah. 18th tee shot, like, scares the shit out of me. Yeah. There's just, like, I don't I don't think I'd, I'd be able to handle it. I don't, Two I don't would think. be a really fun hole to play. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, like, that, that – that, Par five downhill. Like if you hit it far enough, obviously you get that downhill slope on your tee ball, and you got to get the go zone. And I just like how the ball feeds down to the right. I'd want to pay the, the pen on the right side. Be fun. So yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it was love Augusta. I love the Masters. This week is just awesome. I love the vibes that golf has. Like everyone's watching golf. Everyone's into the Masters. 
Um, being in the area was really cool. Just, you know, seeing everyone in their master's gear. The town was just different though. I mean, obviously it's probably more lively than it was in November, but the town was still just nothing compared to what right. it was. So hopefully 2022, we've got full capacity. I mean, it was nuts, man. I mean, tickets were going for 4,000 bucks for, for grounds passes. And that's Damn. just, and that was without having like tiger in contention. Normally if tigers in contention, they're going for 5,000 plus 10,000 bucks, but you had a leaderboard, you know, they had some big names, but that's insane. You know? So I, I don't, I don't I think chose, I'd ever pay that. I don't think I, would. I chose not to pay. Um, Saturday we got tickets and we were at Sage Valley playing and you're not allowed to have your phone out at Sage Valley. I snuck my phone out and took a couple pictures to share with the PGA Muse community because I wanted to share how beautiful it is, but you're not allowed to really have your phone out. So while we were out playing, Joe had eight missed calls from our friend who was giving us tickets. And so we missed that. And then I was planning on leaving today and as I was leaving, one ticket, one Berks, Berkman's pass became available. I saw. I saw. And I told Joe to take it. I was like, dude, I, because he was like, no, no, it's yours. It's yours. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I want to get home. I got some things I need to do Monday. I already changed my flight the night before. So I ended up leaving, but Joe went. I talked to him. He had a hell of a time. I'm glad that he got to go um, and experience that. So, yeah, it's just wild. People are just dropping that kind of money for tickets. So it just goes to show Crazy. just how amazing the masters truly is. So we love you, Joe. Hope you had a blast. Well, let's jump over to buy or sell. sell. And let's, we've got some really fun topics to jump into today on this. I always love doing this segment. Um, and man, there was, there was a lot of good storylines, you know, this week at the masters as there always is. Um, so I'm going to start throwing these out here. The first one, we talked about the ace, Tommy Fleetwood, on Thursday. It wasn't one of those fun aces that rolled across the green and then found its way into the hole. This one kind of just, like, bounced and, and rolled up and went right in. Pretty much just, um, you know, one of those perfect shots. But Yeah, yeah I mean, no big deal, right? But I was, pretty, <laughs> I was pretty shocked. There was That was the 23rd ace in Masters history. I thought there was more aces. That was the was 23rd. It, was that for, for, for the whole All course? All time. Wow. Yeah, wow. 24 was Corey Connors. He made an ace oh. on number six. Yep. So, yep, yep. But yeah, um, so no, no Laying Up had a really funny post on Twitter about the shirt. And they referenced the forgetting Sarah Marshall guy that had the Hawaiian shirt. And he was like, man, I wish I wasn't wearing this fucking shirt. And when the guy's like, oh, take my eyes, but not my shirt. You know, they're making fun of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, dude that's the most funny thing because I thought that shirt was hideous that he's wearing too. It was one of the first things I thought of. I'm like, dude, Nike comes out with some trash gear. I just like, I, I like the clean looks that Nike has that you see from tiger and Rory. Sometimes Rory sometimes wears some of the ugly neon stuff and yeah, you like, get shoot in there. Like, like Puma, like, listen, we're both rep Puma. Okay. And this is an ad for Puma. I'm just saying this from my heart, but Puma comes up with some pretty like, crazy designs you know but and that's the thing i love about puma is they push the boundaries and that ricky's had a tremendous hand in that from the beginning of the relationship but there's nothing that they really come out with that i'm like oh my god that's the ugliest thing i've ever seen like you know and like they come out with more like tropical hawaiian stuff like you've rocked some of that stuff and you know people yeah. people either hate it or they think it's really cool um 
but Nike, like these majors, the hats sometimes or these shirts, and this shirt just was a big swing and miss for me. I didn't like it. I thought it was stupid, and I posted about it, and people were clowning on me, dude. They thought the shirt was fire. So That's I'm gonna crazy. I'm gonna say buy or sell. Did you think Fleetwood shirt was fire? <laughs> no, sell. sell. I didn't like it at all. I thought it looked like a topographical map of Uranus, but um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just I I don't think they Wait, they how look do you good. Know what my anus looks like, Ryan? <laughs> Dude, hey. We've we, we've had, we did have we've, that wild night abandoned. We've been around the world together, baby. <laughs> no, but uh no, I I I okay, like I, I don't think it was awful shirt, but I think it was like, you know, they're they're just trying to push fashion a little bit too much like if they ever had like a golf runway fashion show in milan like that's the shit you'd be seeing you know what i mean like that that, i think that i think that's exactly what you would see and you know that shit's always a little fashion forward and edgy and i feel like that's what they always try to push for some of the majors and Mm. you know to your credit what you said about puma puma does some crazy stuff too but i think they do it tastefully and that's why i love repping them but um yeah, I just I don't think it looked I don't think it looked very good at all. I saw they had it in black and white, and then they had that like neon green color, and I, I don't think like either of them looked good at all. So no, I, mean, I, I yeah I I, I, get, I can see why like some people might have liked it. Like I I'm, like my cousin Brett, like my best friend in my entire life, and you know he's a great guy, but he's got no fashion sense. Sorry, Brett, if you're listening, but that's like the type of shit I could see him Dang, being like. Brett. It's like that. That's the type of shit I would see Brett being like, "Yo, did you see that shirt V now and Fleetwood were wearing? That shit was tight." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, <laughs> no, cool, not dude. really, yeah." <laughs> Love yeah, you, Brett. I'm, Sorry, <laughs> I'm selling too, man. I, I I don't like it. I think Nike, like, I don't know. To me, like, I've had Nike gear, okay, and the the Nike gear that I've liked has been more of like that simpleton clean look and design because their logo is sick nike's got a sick logo you know and the the placement of it just like on your chest or on the sleeve with maybe a sick collar or something like that like that's where you see when like brooks or rory they look look super sharp um finale looks sharp you know and then tiger obviously has a very clean look you never see him wearing some of that shit um but like i don't know i feel like they're trying really hard to get this new demographic in the golf space and it's yeah. like their design teams just like swinging and missing, you know, like, cause you've got all these yeah. other really cool brands like G4 and, you know, they're, they're coming in that have this really like loud, unique designs, even like bad birdie and stuff. They're just crushing it, you know, but yeah. Nike's just like their stuff like that just sucks in my opinion. When it comes to like footwear, I think they do a pretty cool job. I think they, they really kill it with shoes. A lot of times I see like new Nike shoes come out. I'm like, shit, those are, those are pretty sick, you know, but like Nike, Nike, they, they really did like uh, a great job paving the way for like modern golf wear. And they came up with some really good concepts, you know, 10 years ago and really pushed the envelope on, on stuff and not only designs, but like the fits and, you know, the, the way things look on golfers and, you know, they've done a great job. So they obviously want to keep trying to push it and see what works and see what doesn't. And um, unfortunately uh, this time I, I just don't think it worked. Dog. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a no for me, dog. All right. We're all, both on the same page. All right. So moving on, um, this has been around obviously forever, but our boy Matt Wolf got DQ'd. Uh, he was going to miss the cut anyways, but he got DQ'd because he signed an incorrect scorecard. 
uh, I think it was on 17, I believe he had down that he made uh, one stroke less than what he actually made. Okay. Well, we all know what the score was. Um, it's live on TV and, and we know. So buy or sell, should we just get rid of this whole signing scorecards and, you know, putting it on the player um, and de- disqualifying them if it's wrong? I mean, should we get rid of that? Because we live in this digital age, especially with this Amazon uh, service that's out. Where Partnership we're with so, Yeah, we're getting so much more coverage and stuff. I mean, do we need that? Does it make sense by ourselves to get rid of that? Man, it's like I'm so on the fence about it. Let me let me say my argument first and see what I talk myself into whether I'm going to buy or sell. Because, like, you know, we discussed it briefly. No one is going to go out there on the PJ Tour and willingly try to cheat, right, their score. They, there's there's just no way you could ever do that. with Like, with your score. Okay. Like, really? Like... <laughs> Like, like, I'm, I'm not talking no, like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, you're right. I'm you're saying right. like, like with what you shot on that hole, there's no way you're going to get a six, right. And say you got a five. Like there's just, there's no way unless you absolutely were oblivious and like had a brain fart and forgot there's, which, which there's no chance. Cause you've got your caddy, you've got your opponent, right. And then you've mm-hmm. got their caddy. And you've got rules officials everywhere. Everyone's gonna tell you what you fucking got. Like if you're yeah. if you're if you have an, a, a fucking stroke on the golf course and can't remember for a second. So there's zero chance of the score ultimately being incorrect, right? Sure. So it all comes down. The the question really comes down to is, do we hold the player? Should we really remain, you know, holding the player accountable for that, whether or not the score is going to be the same indefinitely, like? I think people make mistakes, right? You know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. people make mistakes. And, you know, this isn't the first time it's happened to anybody. It's happened to others before Matt Wolf and in all levels of playing. So, it's it, man, it's tough. Holy shit, it's tough. But let, uh, if I were to put myself in Matt Wolf's shoes and I, I made an honest mistake and I signed my scorecard and then they told me, hey, unfortunately, you signed for a wrong score, and I got disqualified from the Masters, I'm going to feel fucking so salty about that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be pissed off. And uh, a similar situation happened to a friend of mine in, in Q school. And it's it's devastating. It's, it really is. And, man, I, I think... I think I'm going to have to buy. I think we should... There should... I'm, I'm going to buy to an extent. I think that there should, should be some sort of some sort of change made there. I, I think, oh man, I don't know. It's such a, it's, it, this is almost fucking political because <laughs> the golfers listening to this are <laughs> well, going to in the opinions. golf space. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm going to be more direct with it. I'm going to buy, get this shit out of here. Like, listen, there's this whole like thing right now where, Oh, this has been around for so long. Like it's just the history of the game and it needs to be like, okay. There's a lot of history in this country or in any sport, but you also advance. Like we become better. We become smarter. Like we've created this technology that we have today to do away with some of the stuff. Like, so in business, you know, I've been in business for 20 years. There's still some dumb stuff people do that's manual. And we have people in roles that we don't need because we could automate those processes. Or you have a person who's siloed who like holds on to certain like, tasks that they don't want to let go of because they feel like their job's going to be 
you know, on the line or something like that, which maybe it could be, but this is one of those things that's just so stupid. Like everyone knows what you shot. I mean, you're spot on with your, your assessment. I mean, you, I had, okay. So I had that happen with me this weekend. I actually made a snowman on a, on a hole uh, on par five. And I thought I made a seven at first. And I, so when like, you get, when, when, you, when you're taking that many strokes, I can understand the confusion, yeah, my brother. No, no, <laughs> dude, I had a, a shit show. I ended up pushing it. I did a, I had a, like, it wasn't a Bryson drive, like 400 yards, but it was, I hit it straight right into the trees and there's pine straw all over uh, Sage Valley as well. I had a really hard time getting it out of that area before I got it back into the green stuff and made a mess of it, man. And then when I got to the green, which was, these greens are crazy, but I'm, I three putted. So, I, but after all of that and walking around, it was this hill that was straight up or this hole that was straight uphill. I'm out of shape and I'm like freaking panting and breathing hard. You know, after all this, I've freaking swung 97 times on this hole. I, I missed my count by one stroke, but I had a caddy with me and I had my buddies with me that were playing and stuff. And they kindly reminded me that I made an eight and I'm like, you're right. I did. Cause then I stopped and I added it up and, so you can make that mistake. It's possible, yeah. but you have the people around you. And I, I didn't make that mistake on purpose because I wanted to shave one stroke. I mean, dude, I made a freaking snowman. It is what it is. Um, yeah. But I think it's possible. I would say just buy, buy, buy. I mean, let's just get rid of this. Let's make the game. You use the technology that we have. Let's make it simple. Let's not let these have these guys have to go to the scorecard station and sit down and all, you know sign their card. I mean, it's like, why? It's like, get rid of that part of the game. All they should have in their back pocket is the yardage book with some notes or whatever they have and go from there. I mean, that's my yeah. opinion. Yep. All right. So our boy, Bryson, who we, we love, but we love to, to talk about because he just tends to put himself in some of these positions. Um, he made a comment back in November, obviously, that Augusta for him was playing like a par 67. And listen – you can sit there and say whatever you want about Bryson, you know, for he was bombing, he's bombing the ball. And what he was referencing is, is that he felt that he could get around the course and birdie every par five, which he should be able to, you'd think that he'd be able to. Okay. And that he would Eagle like one of them. So that's a pretty lofty, uh, statement and very disrespectful to Augusta national. And you know, those guys did not like it whatsoever. And a lot of players just rolled their eyes at it, but the dude has not played well there since he made that comment. He had a terrible uh, performance in November and he made the cut this time around, but played pretty bad again today. He shot three over ending at five over, uh, had a really bad, I guess, bookend two bad rounds. He played pretty well on Friday and Saturday, but Man, is he by sell? Is Bryson like ever gonna live down this comment? Uh, par sixty-seven because the internet went nuts. Uh, yeah, w- when he played terrible on Thursday, man, that par sixty-seven was all over Zyre. It was all over no oh, laying yeah. up. I mean, it was all over all the pages. I mean, the guy was Dude, just I, getting destroyed. Um, one of the on uh, Friday, my son had a baseball game, and one of the other kids' dads he likes golf and. Um, he, he follows me on Instagram and knows that I have a relationship with Bryson. He's like, so, uh, your boy shot uh seven over 
the other yeah. day. I was like, wait a second, did he? And he's like, well, 67. I was like, oh, you dog. I was like, no one's ever going to live that down, are they? He's like, hell no. Like, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, bit off a little bit more than he can chew. And, yeah. you know, if I'm in Bryson's shoes, I'm I'm probably feeling a little bit embarrassed um, sure. by that. But um, also, if I'm Bryson and if I'm competitive, uh, I, I think that the the only way I, I'll, I'll buy and, and say that he will live it down one day and that's when he wins at Augusta. And will that day come? I think so, 100%. But he's got to hit more fairways and he has to be more realistic and he's got to come in with a little bit of a better approach. So, I mean, you know, he, he had one good round there. I think he shot four under on Friday, I believe. Mm. Uh, I mean... So he shot one under, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever, <laughs> or even. No, he and, shot even uh, par. Yeah, even par. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, he'll live it down one day, but but until he puts that green jacket on his shoulders, it's it, it's just going to be – it's never going to end. It's just going to be an onslaught. So Yeah. yeah. I think – I'll say bye because I think he – first of all, he has to win – a green jacket. He has to win the masters to overcome that statement. Yeah. And I think he will do it. I think he'll win there, but he's definitely got to figure out what's going on because his game and how he hits, I mean, he's, you think that this would be a course that he would play very, very well at. I mean, he's a, he's long mm-hmm. off the tee. He's hitting shorter clubs into greens than, um, well, not for his case, he's playing one length irons, but he's hitting, lesser clubs into these greens than other players. Um, he's a great putter. Like what's the deal, you know? And like, I, I mean, it was, it was the topic of conversation around my house that I was staying at all weekend is like, how has this guy not figured it out? You know? And like, obviously he's a mental case at Augusta right now, because another thing that's posted all over uh, the internet was his meltdowns. You know, like he's just, you can see, he's just like kind of whining and complaining to, to himself. Like he's not being a distraction to his playing partners or anything like that but you know he's got to figure it out I mean at the end of the day he's too good of a player um and I, you know once one other thing that I'll say to this is I think I alluded to this on a previous show but like Kevin Na told me that you know he won't go play Honda because it's too hard they don't like the course yeah. well that's not something you can do here um I think it's you know you're obviously all, oh anyone wants to go play at Augusta whether they think it's hard or not I mean shit you've got freaking uh players Larry Mize out there fucking playing he's like 109 years old and hits it like 140 yards off the tee and he's still playing you know like they're gonna have to like beg the guy to get off the course and give him some duty or something like that (laughs) (laughs) you know ceremony tee shot or do something like that but at the end of the day he he's obviously gonna be playing there every year he's gonna want to play there every year he's gonna want to win I think he's gonna look at this as the ultimate challenge I mean he's so fixated on improvement and strategy that he's ultimately going to figure it out. But every year that goes by, I think it's going to mount the pressure that much more for him because of the comments he's making. Like Rory, yeah, the pressure is mounting every year because the time is ticking on him winning that elusive Grand Slam. But it's almost like he's approaching it with this like zero fucks attitude now. Um, Yeah. Where Bryson makes these comments, par 67. I mean, he – what he should say is, listen, I feel confident playing around this course right now that I should birdie all the par fives, you know, with my, with my length, you know, 
That's yeah. a pretty common and everyone could probably agree with that statement, but to sit there and say that it's a par 67, you're just teeing yourself up to when you do fail. Like everyone's basically like pointing back at you, like what the hell dude? Yeah. I mean, I, I'll say this. I think, I think Bryson plays better on firmer greens and, and like you go back to the U S open. I was there wing foot. I do the, the firmest fucking greens I've ever seen in my life. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not spinning balls there a lot. And I saw a lot of balls spin off for Bryson. And so Friday he shoots that four under and Saturday he comes out and I saw, I, I, I mean, he's got shorter clubs in, right. But he's generating so much speed and speed equals spin. And these greens were so much more receptive and, he, he was spinning balls off the green and it, it, he also wasn't hitting a lot of fairways, which definitely didn't, didn't help at all. I mean, you can hit it as far as you want, but if you're not hitting fairways at Augusta, you're going to be in trouble. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't think the, the core, I, I, the changes to the course, I don't think set up to his original game plan. You know, I mean, he went out there on, um, Thursday and made some mistakes and then bounced back Friday and learned from him. And it, that showed some serious hope. Like I thought maybe Saturday he might make a run, but of course was so much softer Saturday and Sunday. It totally changed. The greens were definitely way more inconsistent. Some of the breaks, even from the commentators from Faldo, the guy knows every damn green on the golf course and he even got some calls wrong. And so, I mean, you know, I, I don't think he adjusted well to it. And I think he just kind of stuck with what he was originally going to do. And I don't think that worked out for him very well. But, dude, like you said, he's got to win it eventually one day. I, I really do think he will. I mean, I think he's only a solid, really a solid two years, three years into, like, this huge transformation he's been making and, and with his body and with his game. So it, it's got to happen one day. So, you know, he'll figure it out. It's going to come with knowledge. But, you know, to make those comments before uh, gaining the wisdom was, uh, you know, a little out of line. And Augustus is fighting back a little bit. And, yeah, and that's, just, that's, just a little that's bit. How it go. Just, yeah. Just yeah. a little bit. So we had a, a big rules infraction that popped up um, at Augusta day one. Um, our boy Abe Answer uh, had an issue in the bunker. Probably wouldn't have happened if Dale was there. Um, yeah, just get that fucking visa, Dale. You know? Get that visa Fuck, fixed, dog. But um, this is really <laughs> funny because one of the guys that was at our cottage at Sage is a head, one of the head rules official for the USGA. And it was pretty cool to like talk with him about some stuff. And um, man, that was zoomed up. First of all, it wasn't called on the spot. Um, apparently it wasn't called in cause they're not doing that anymore, which is the biggest fucked up thing in the world, but it was yeah. zoomed in and I couldn't see it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like I couldn't really see it. Um, and you, you had to really, really, really like zoom in and slow it down to see it, but I didn't see it, but he got penalized two strokes and I think it's just bullshit, man. I mean, but Abe's got a good attitude and, and just, I mean, obviously in private setting, I'm sure he felt differently about it, but I mean, buy or sell, like, do you think that was a good call? Do you think that he should have been penalized? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'll buy. I mean, it's, and it's, but it's so unfortunate. And, and here, here's my question is, okay. So they had the camera totally zoomed in and you could see this little piece of sand that was standing up like this little clump of sand. And then when he, finally addressed the ball well, well you know hovered the club and came back for a stroke that's when he made the contact and you could see that that clump of sand disappeared on his on his takeaway and you know 
I noticed when they when they did that same camera angle, like that's the camera angle that aired, right? But when mm-hmm. they do the same camera angle for other players, it was like they would film it really close, like as they were addressing it. But then when they went to take the shot, it wasn't the same camera angle, and it was like fully backed out, like you know, like a like just just a full frame shot of them hitting hitting the bunker shot, so you couldn't tell. So yep. I, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent if like when when it originally aired, if they kept it on that tight tight shot as he was making the stroke or if they went back to that for a reference, but I'm pretty sure like the only way that it was ever caught was because that's how they aired it. And so it's like, well then every single bunker shot from every single player, you need to have a camera directly on the, on, on the ball and on the club from the moment they take the club back to, to make their final stroke. Like that, that has to be done. You have to hold all players accountable. Um, You know, you have to hold them all to the same, to the same account accountability. So yeah, I mean, dude, it, it sucks, man. It's so unfortunate, and he's such a great guy, and he was like a class act. He handled it like a boss and came back and put up a good number the next day. But, I mean, like, damn, dude, it just sucks. It sucks to see that happen, especially to Abe. And he's a good dude, and it, you know, but, I mean, unfortunately yeah. it happens, and it, it's the right call. I mean, according to the rules, that's the right call, right? Yeah. And, well, but yeah, I, I think, listen, I agree with your – comment about it needs to be a level level playing field for everybody i would have to imagine that there were way more things that happened at augusta this last week that were cause of the penalty than that and that weren't called and i feel and listen this is what i heard out of the mouth of this guy who is a high-ranking person at the usga that he didn't like the call um but uh, but understood it and respected it and also um you know, when you have to zoom in like that to catch something like that, it's probably, you're probably like pinching pennies or splitting hairs, whatever analogy you want to use. Like just, yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to sell, I think it's, I think it was bullshit. I really do. I feel like if you can't catch something like, you know, as it happens, or if it's blatant on video or something that gets called, called out by someone in the group or something, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's worth it. I think it's, I think it's just unfortunate because I feel like there's a lot more that goes around. That's probably worse than what we saw with Abe. Um, I don't think that helped him in any way. Um, no, you know, I don't think all. they gave him an no advantage. Effect. Yeah. So it's just, it's just ridiculous. So to penalize the guy. If it was Patrick strokes, Reed though. <laughs> well, well, so that, no, but that's a great point, dude. So that's where the conversation went with everyone I was with is if that was Patrick Reed, the world would have erupted. Right. Um, and he would have been called a cheater and da, 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 da. Augusta would have probably like revoked his championship and he lost his green jacket. I mean, and that's the thing is it shouldn't be that way. Um, but he's earned his reputation. Like no one's sitting here talking about Abe as a cheater. No, no. They're all talking about like you and I, like, dude, that was bullshit. Like they shouldn't have been called that. Yeah, dude. I mean, it was so minuscule, man. Like, yeah. Literally, there's, I, I, he, there, he didn't even know. Like honestly, there's no way he could have known that he made contact. It yeah. was so minuscule. Like yeah. they were so zoomed in on that shit. Like they were just hoping it would ha- happen. Like the guy, the cameraman was like, "Oh, there's this like little tiny clump of sand like piled up right behind his golf ball. Like there's no way he doesn't make contact with it. I'm gonna get in real fucking tight on this one." And like called the producers. He's like, "Hey, no, stay on me. Don't change the camera too. Stay on me. I, there's gonna be something here. This is gonna be huge." You know, like yeah, that's fuck. exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's exactly so, what so, how it. 
stop, change the rules. Come on now. I'm selling this. Let's, let's go. This was not a penalty. Abe got robbed of two strokes. Um, all right. So Zal Torres, we'll, we'll make this one quick. So this guy came out and played unbelievable. I mean, he's got to be 120 pounds soaking wet. He was the star of social media all week. Um, everyone was making memes about him all the way from golf digest down to, you know, PGA memes and golf and jokes and Zyre and everyone out there was posting stuff about him looking like happy Gilmore's caddy looking. I saw things look even, like even Adam Sandler Gretzky. posted, even Adam Sandler posted about it, wishing him good luck. Um, I mean, this guy was all over the place and he, his Instagram page blew up. Let me see where he's at right now because he, 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 he two days ago, he was at 16,000. Yeah. Now he's, now at, he's at 86. When I looked at this more, I looked yeah. actually two hours ago, he was at 69,000. Nice. So, uh, yeah, and I was like, nice, <laughs> good for him. He'll be at a hundred thousand by the time that we wake up tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, he posted his tournament recap post, as all players do. He's got over fifteen hundred comments. Everyone wishing him, you know, good luck. Um, excited for his future. He's a great dude. Uh, he's here in Texas, so I, you know, I love the dude. I thought he was fun to watch. Um, I love how he jokes around he even has a wedge that has stamped on it something from happy gilmore so he kind of embraces the joke which is yeah. always cool um, prior to everyone making it which was yeah really prior cool. to everyone yeah. making because obviously it's something prior his buddies and some of the guys on tour referenced mm-hmm. but the guy's a grinder uh i've heard nothing but great things about him from people around him in the corn ferry and just here on tour now but Listen, he, he, dude, he didn't melt down at all on, on Sunday. I thought he would. Uh, he stuck right there. He ended up one shot off the win because Sadeki kind of made that like easy bogey to just secure the victory. But man, like, is he, I guess, buy or sell, is he going to be one of those one hit wonders, kind of like a smiley that played in the final round at the Masters? And then, you know, here he is selling insurance or something in, in Alabama. Is, uh, is that going to be Zal Torres or is he going to actually be a player that's going to find success on the tour and be someone that's right there at the top of these majors in the future? Yeah, I'm selling. I think he's going to be there for sure. I mean, how, how could you, how could you buy and say he's a one hit wonder after a performance like that? And after, you know, the composure that he held, I mean, to come, he came out and went birdie birdie, like in the final round at his first yep. masters. I think he's played Augusta before. Um, I heard that he might have played it in college, so he had a little course knowledge. But but I mean, the, that's not the Masters. Um, mm-hmm. So so to, to to come out and have that start, like when he went birdie birdie made made those putts, I was just like, oh shit! Like I I, I fully I fully thought he 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 was gonna win this tournament, and, and he really had a great chance. I mean, finishing um, second place at nine under, uh, shot shot two under in the final round when Hideki shot one over. I mean. Dude, that's that's the sign of a that's the sign of a champion right there. I, it really is. So I, I, there's no doubt. I mean, the kid is in obviously fantastic shape. He's young. He's mm-hmm. he's got a lot to learn. But if he can preserve um, what he's got going on and keep keep this uh, approach that he has and keep this attitude and confidence, there's no reason why he's not going to be a, a, a master champion, if not multiple time yeah. master champion so yeah I, i'm i'm 100 selling he's not a one-hit wonder this kid is a freaking stick and he's fun to watch and he's good for golf yeah no i dude i 
I think he's definitely going to be around. I think he's going to have, I don't know if he's going to be a master champ or a double or a multiple master, master champ. I think he's going to be for sure a PGA tour champion. Um, and you just look back at his round, his final round. I mean, he did start birdie birdie. He bogeys the par three hole, which is a short hole, but it's got a very challenging green. Um, but you look back at some of these holes that he's got to be kicking himself over. I mean, making a bogey at 12 and then making a par at 13. I mean, that's pretty much as good as a bogey. Um, it's like you lost by one, one shot, you know, yeah. and listen, I know like people could say like, Oh, well, Hideki took the, Dude. The, the path on 18 to make a boat. Like Tiger did the same thing when he won in 19. Um, but 18 is tough, dude. Like, and you put the pressure on Hideki to have to make par on 18. You don't know if he's going to make it, you know, cause he yeah. could, he could overshoot it into the bunker. He could flare it into the right, into the, the, the pine straw. I mean, so, you don't know. And, and Hideki proved today that he fizzled a little bit with the pressure. Um, Xander just bailed him out. So um, I don't know, man, it would have been really cool to see him win. Um, I wasn't feeling it at the beginning of the week. You know, I was like, eh, I want to see someone with a big name and da, da, da. But then as I got to know more of who he is and see his personality, I thought it would have been amazing for him to win. And I hope that he, uh, continues the success and finds a win quick here on tour, just like some of these other young guys like Victor and Matt and Colin that have, have found wins here earlier in their career. Um, I hope he does as well and secures his tour card for, for uh, years to come and hopefully gets a major here soon. So I'm definitely going to sell and hope that he uh, continues that success. I, uh, I pulled up his bio. How much do you think he weighs? 145. Nope. He's actually 6'2", 165. Do you believe that? No. There's, There's no, no way. way. There's no way. He's There's got a 28 no waist. He's got a 28 waist. Wow. I haven't had a 28 waist since I was in like sixth grade. <laughs> Same. <laughs> maybe maybe even fourth grade. For That's me. insane. There's no, dude, first of all, there's no way you're 165 with a 28 waist. These, this yeah. num- where's this bio? Where are you? I'm on, I'm on the Masters app going through his bio. Masters right app has players' waistlines. No, that was they were talking about that on the broadcast. So oh, that's how I, I was like, that. geez, yeah. that's very specific. Jeez. Yeah, Dottie, Dottie was like, he's got a 28 inch waist, and I was like, great, great stat. <laughs> like, really good. And now I know. I'm like, I'm a big will guy now. That's weird. hopefully he can shoot that on the back nine, and he'll be our <laughs> Masters champion. Hey, he but, shot uh, his waistline. That's amazing. But yeah, I mean, dude, for me, like the bogey on three really gutted him for sure. That 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 one was tough because he 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 hit a pretty good shot and then he he was just off the green and and um like it was basically a three putt. I mean, obviously not statistically, but it it was just from from very short range. It, it kind of sucked to see that. But then uh, to go um, thirteen through eighteen at two under, I mean, that's a really solid finish, and that just shows you that he wasn't really cracking under pressure and he was really trying to go fucking win this thing. And uh, I like that quote he made. He was like, if I'm stupid enough to think that I can play in the Masters, um, you know, I can sure enough be, I can be stupid enough to think I can win it. So that was yep. really cool. And, and you know, I think that Great attitude he, all around. He's, he's definitely a good role model for kids and he's got a swag about him and hopefully he does well. Yeah. Last one. So uh, we've referenced Xander blowing up a couple of times. So he was on a tear. Um, you know, he started out on the, on the front having a few mistakes he made bogey bogey double uh through the third and the fifth hole um but he made three birdies on the front so he came out one over um so he was hanging around battling um 
But then on the back nine, he comes out and shoots four birdies in a row. And this is the point where Hideki was struggling. So Hideki bogeys 12, Xander birdies it. Hideki scrambles and actually Hideki ends up birdying 13, which was a great birdie for him because he was all over the he course. He got very lucky off the tee there. Yeah, very lucky. And even the second shot was lucky, but Xander ends up matching him and birdies that hole as well. Comes in birdies 14 and birdies 15 where Hideki actually uh, hits it in the water and makes a six. So it's like, wow, the momentum is shifting, okay? And Xander takes the tee box on 16 and hits it short left in the water, which is like big miss because you know the play is high and right, let it funnel down. So I don't know what it was. I don't like it. You just have to imagine, I, I, dude. I saw it. Like as soon as as soon as I saw the contact, the the divot was left and mm-hmm. a little behind the ball. Like I I. Literally, Steele and I were watching it, and as soon as he hit it, I I knew it. I was like, "Oh my god!" He pulled it and fatted it a little bit. Like, what do you think it was? I mean, because I don't think it was nerves. I mean, when you're when you birdie four in a row, it, you're and you're stepping up to that tee box on a shorter yeah. par three. Like, I just feel like the guy was probably in the zone. Do you think he just kind of like took his eye off the prize there for a minute and wasn't focused? I think or? it was. I think it was fully nerves. Like, I I a hundred percent think it was nerves because he realized the door opened up there a little bit for him when, when mm-hmm. in, in reality had 15, not gone the way it did. And you know, Hideki made birdie that door isn't so wide open. Right. And so mm-hmm. in, in, instead of thinking attack, he's thinking, you know, okay, let's, let's just hit it in a good spot and, yeah. and let's, 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 let's hope we make birdie rather than, you know, like let's go get a fucking birdie. You well, know, what's crazy so, is this. Is I think adrenaline got, got him. You've got Shoffley that's – if he pars that hole, he's at 10. And um, You're at, the, at, at that point in time, Hideki was at 12. And yeah. Hideki actually ends up making bogey on that hole after that tee shot from Xander, which I was shocked too. I was like, you know, after he hits that into the water, you think Hideki would – just hit one somewhere very, very safe and try to get out of there with a three or whatever. But he makes a four. And, man, if Xander makes a three there, you've got a one-shot difference. And it's like, dude, it's game on at that point. And all the pressure is on Hideki, which it already was bouncing up because he was already kind of playing bad. But as soon as he makes a a six, which I call a pelican, by the way. Um, I call double cars pelicans. So he makes a pelican. Um Like, I don't know, man. So, like, buy or sell. Like, if you take if you take that and say he makes a par there, does Xander win the Masters? Yeah, buy, 100%. Like, if, if Hideki – Hideki was not hitting the ball good today. Like, yeah. at all. He it, it, Not only on thir- or 13T. Like, there were so many sh- uh, places where he just got really, really lucky breaks. Like, actually, lucky fucking breaks. I can think of, like, three off the top of my head. So – you know, with that being said, you know, not having that confidence in your ball striking, having the nerves, having the whole country of Japan on your back, and then having Xander Shoffley, you know, hold it together and put a pretty good number up. You know, that that stretch of birdies that he had playing alongside Hideki had to have gotten into Hideki's head a little bit. It had to have. And Hideki even said he was feeling the nerves on the first tee all the way through his round of golf. And it showed. He shot one over. 
you know, yeah. any of those five guys that were right there in, 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 in the running, you know, four shots off the lead, whatever, going, going into the final round, put up a good number. Like it could have been anyone's masters, but so Shoffley pars 16, 100%. I think he would have, he would have come away with the green jacket. I don't think I, I, I don't, I, I just don't see it going any other way. I think he would get totally in Hideki's head and, Shoffley's an intimidating guy. Like he, he, he can be like, you, yeah. you can see it in his face and dude, I mean, it's, it's Sunday at Augusta. And when that kind of comeback comes, you know, after having that huge lead that gets to you, man, it's got, yeah. to. I'm buying. I mean, I, I think that he would win too, just because at that point he'd be coming off burning four out of the last five holes. You know, I think that he just goes in. I mean, he obviously went in on 17, 18, I think part out, but I think all the pressure in the world is on Hideki. I think he folds. If if anything, it goes to a playoff or Xander wins by one. And that's just right. like gut-wrenching to think. I mean, obviously he was so close in 2019. Um, the year Tiger won, he had a really good run to close out the tournament. Um, I mean, this one's going to haunt him for a while, I think. I think he's he's one of those guys that I think it's easy for everyone to save. And like Amanda Balionis said today, like, Oh, he's just got such a great attitude and you know, whatever and he's cause he is such a great guy. And I hated, I made the Michael Jordan sad face meme about him today. <laughs> and I hated doing it because it's just a dick thing to do, but that's my, I guess that's my job, but dude, good dude, good caddy. The story of him and his dad is great. Yeah, but he just fucking lost the tournament on two holes. I mean, he makes a double on the front and he makes a triple on the back, and those two holes, five over, you know, fucked it. And he was right there still, even with those. And it's just, man, it's just gonna be one of those that haunt him for a while. And he's yeah. gonna have some. Hopefully, he can overcome those demons and bounce back and and get a, get a win. So. Yeah, but I love you. I love you, Xander. Rooting for you, dude. I was pulling for you today. I hate to see it bounce back quick all right so we'll let's move over to our out of bounds segment Four. we'll make this short and sweet since we kind of did a lot of different buyer sells uh master editions but i just want to talk all things sage valley um, um i know coach you haven't had a chance to go out there but we're going to go out there soon uh made some good Definitely. friends it's a very exclusive course um they're in south carolina um just outside of augusta and i got Someone reached out to me who's a member at Sage, and we started to get familiar with each other. And um, have, <laughs> he has, <laughs> in a good way. no, he's got a, he has a cottage on property that he owns, and had a group of buddies coming in for Masters Week, and invited me uh, to come out there. So I actually went out there with Joe, and it was awesome, dude. Like I didn't really know what to expect. I have obviously heard of Sage Valley, seen a lot of pictures. Um, never knew anybody who had played there and we pull up to the property and this is as like, you know, it's, it's not as prestigious as you'd see like Augusta national, but this is the real deal. You know, you pull in and it's got this sign up front. That's kind of not a big, big deal. It's kind of like actually like a small little hokey sign. And so you're like, Oh, that's interesting. You got a guy that, you know, has your name, knows you're coming, you check in, you, it's a long drive all the way to the clubhouse uh, really long drive actually. And when you get there, it's got that Augusta national vibe, you know, it's like this beautiful clubhouse, with three flags up front and service is just phenomenal. I mean, everything's just top notch, you know, the valet, your car, everyone's taking everything. You're not allowed to wear your hat in the clubhouse. You can't use cell phones. 
You know, you can use them in the locker room and the bar. That's it. Everywhere else, there's no cell phones allowed. You're required to have a caddy. You walk the course. There's no carts unless you have a medical condition. Uh, this course, Ryan, I mean, is unreal. Uh, it was in absolute pristine condition. It looked exactly like Augusta National. I've walked Augusta several times. This looked just like Augusta. They had a little more like water in different ways um, than Augusta. Felt like it had more hills, um, more undulation. But you had this this major Augusta National vibes walking this course, and it was it, it felt like what it would feel like to play Augusta. You know, That's the cool. mystique. Um, the first round we played, we had two groups going out, and we had a great time. I'm telling you, number one has this great elevated tee box, and then two is the most beautiful hole in the entire course, just water. I think I posted on my story, but um, I played I played okay. I didn't I didn't get to warm up my first round, which sucked because when you play a great course like that, you want to warm up and shoot a good score. Um, but I did break 90 both rounds I played there. I would I would have liked boy. to I would have liked to break 85. That was my goal. Um, I'm not a great player, but I was like, I want to break 85. Was unable to do it, um, but the greens were just way too tough, dude. They're super fast. It was like putting on glass, but it was like the Augusta greens were – these things were super challenging. If you didn't hit in the right area, you'd be rolling off, super tight lies, uh, very difficult chips. Uh, do a lot of Texas wedges out there and stuff, but it was it was sick, dude. It was an awesome experience just staying on property too. They actually have a par three course that's lit at night. Yeah, it's all play that. nine holes. And it's actually open till 1 a.m., which is super sick. So you can go out there. and uh, I, didn't, I didn't make it out the first night because our host actually took us out to this really cool cabin called – they call it Pretzel, Pretzel Cabin. And it's this home that they imported from Canada, and they actually make pretzels in the home as, like, a source of income. And hmm. so they had, like, this group, a chef and a couple uh, – waitresses there that served our group of I think it was like 10 guys and outside it was like on a creek and a little fire pit had great steak and it was just like the coolest like guys experience you know it was it was badass and the next night we went to the par three and played and it shut down right at, at one the lights go out but we were out there playing for like 14 holes and I'd say like I can't it's hard to rank courses like we were talking over the weekend it's really hard to rank like what's your favorite course yeah. I don't know where Sage falls on that list because I have a really like special experience at Royal County down. I, I, that's my number one course and it's got both the mountain and ocean views, which check two off the list is, is, you know, super sick. And we played it on a really great, great weather day, which a lot of people who have gone over to Ireland and played County down have kind of been this, uh, unfortunate to play it like on a really windy or rainy day. But I'd say Sage is, you know, right there two, two or three. So it's, you know, I'd say it's a top three course and it, dude, it was so sick. And the people we were playing with were just like these overly just like guys are just like hundred million dollars, like no big deal. And I'm like, the fuck, like, what am I doing here? You know, it was, right. it was just cool, man. I was just soaking it in the whole weekend. I learned a lot from people that I was around just super, grateful for uh Wes you know so Wes actually start starting like a golf brand called Beer Life and uh they've got some really cool stuff I think we'll be doing some things with them just to kind of help them get going and I think we can just do good content together but Wes Andrew all the guys over there were super gracious hosts and 
listen, if you ever have a chance to get out to Sage Valley, that place is like unbelievable. I mean, and I, I'm gonna, I was, we're going to get you out there, coach. We're going to play. I was like, watching all the stories. I was just like, damn, because I've seen it before. Like I've seen it on social um, here and there. So I, I've always heard of it and, and seen it briefly, but I paid a little bit more attention to your stories just because I was FOMOing a little extra hard because my boy was there. So, but <laughs> yeah, yeah well, dude, it looks sick, man. Day one was cool. Cause like, so Kelly James was in Augusta as always, like he plays all these different events, um, a little different this year, but he was playing events every night. So he's like, Hey dude, I'm doing this thing with golf, uh, LA golf on Friday or sorry, on Thursday night. So we rolled to the house in Augusta, watched Kelly perform. It was a good time. Um, yeah. we actually were hitting in the simulator and they had Bryson's like spec driver there with the super like thick grip. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how the hell he does that, by the way, but um, oh, yeah, it's weird. So we were there at the party. It was awesome times. Um, we got to see Kelly. Roger Steele was there uh, yep. as a guest of Kelly, and they were playing Sage the next morning. They actually teed off uh, two groups behind us. Yeah, I and saw so that. it was uh, Roger, Larry Fitzgerald, and Kelly, and then uh, the guy who's actually um, the tournament director for. Uh, the tournament up in Silverado up in California. So it was cool to, oh, cool to get to see those guys and meet Larry. And I mean, the guy, Larry's a big dude, uh, great golfer. Oh, yeah. Roger Steele's big dude too. And a yeah. great guy. It was cool to get to meet him and, and hang out with him. Yeah. Um, I follow Roger. He's a good follow. I, he, he pushes the envelope. I like, I like him a lot and he's got a good personality. Yeah. He hits the ball pretty good too. It looks like. Yeah, no, he does. Like he's he a swing it. I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't know what he shot that day. Cause they played Sage the day before as well. But he, when he played, he shot, I think a 75 is what he told me. So he's a player. yeah, that's yeah. a solid round out there, dude, because it's, dude, listen, if you find the fairway, which, you know, you should be able to find the fairway most times there, but there's some long holes, but the greens are super hard, dude. Like, mm-hmm. especially going out there and playing your first time, usually you're like, oh, I got to figure out the greens. So I got to play this again or three times or so. To go out there and shoot a few over like that, he's a player. So, but good dude. But we're gonna definitely go out there again and get you out there, and we'll maybe do a pod from Sage Valley or something like that. Maybe, that hey, maybe when we get invited to Augusta National, we'll do. You know, we'll play Sage like Friday, Saturday, and go play Augusta like Sunday or something. Like no big deal. So you're you know? telling me I gotta wait till we get to play Augusta to get to play Sage? All right. I'll, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, podcasts are still a thing. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that's when we're gonna have charlie woods on the pod and yep. dude, so i think i don't being around these guys and stuff like so like one of the guys that we were playing with our second day he's like yeah i just got an invite to play augusta and i was like oh from who he's like oh well my son is friends with this guy's son and he's his, his dad's a member at augusta and he heard i was a member here so he invited us to come play What's it take um, to become a member at Augusta? A lot of money and success and good friends. You have to have a good, good circle of friends. But yeah, so this guy's a member and he got the invite and I'm just like, dude, are you serious? He's like, he's like, you'll get the invite. And I go, I don't know about that. And he goes, you will. He's like, you need to come around here a couple more times, meet some more people. He's like, it will happen. He goes, it actually happens more than you think. He goes, it's just, you just got to, get in a circle and then spend your time in that circle. You know And I'm like? Yeah. I'm like, all right, whatever you say. So I'm all like right, next, next week. We'll see. We'll see you there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whatever you say, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to put it out there. So it made me feel overly optimistic that one day I'll be out there. And get to play Augusta. 
So we'll see. Yep, definitely. Definitely. I mean, dream come true. That would be, huh? Yeah. So, but here we are. So master's week is over. It's in the books. Hideki, congratulations again. And, you know, obviously congrats to all the players who played well. Will, super stoked about the future of his career um, and see where he goes. And I think we're off to, uh, we're off to Hilton Head, right? Yeah. We're week. going to the, are we going to RBC? RBC? What, what's next? Well, so right after the Masters, you've got the uh, RBC RBC Heritage in Hilton Head, and then yep. the Zurich Classic in New Orleans, and then Valspar, Wells Fargo, and then we come to Texas, which is going to be fun, and uh, we head to the PGA Championship. So we got, we, got a, we got about a month there, South Carolina. That's so. going to be a good one. Have you have you uh, have you played uh, the Ocean Course? I never have actually. I played there. It was my uh, it was my worst round of golf. Uh, it was probably my worst round. Of, Josh Kelly will tell you this. We went and played. I it was like I forgot how to play golf and literally had my worst round That's of golf. The worst. Probably probably in the in the last ten years of my life, that was my worst round of golf, and it was at the Ocean Course at Kia. What like the the one chance I get to go play it, you know? And holy shit, it was it it was like it was devastating. It oh, man, so we'll, you're gonna we'll, give we'll, us- you're we'll save that story good, for that. Yeah, yeah, so you're gonna give us a lot of course knowledge and stuff during that that uh, we'll, that we'll, pod. <laughs> we'll 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 get into uh, into that story on that pod for for sure. Uh, unfortunately, but yeah, it was maybe maybe we'll have Josh on uh, as a guest. Hole in one trick shots. We'll have him on for a guest. And he we need to do that. I want the full I wanna breakdown hear. of my just the full breakdown of my meltdown. It was terrible. So I want to yeah. hear the story for sure. I think the I think the viewers or the listeners need to hear it too. So when I say bad golf, dude, ho- horrible, horrible, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> that bad, huh? It, it like haunts me. It haunts me. I. I, I well, we need to go back there then to redeem yourself. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't know if I ever want to step foot on that fucking property ever again in my life. Pretty cool though. A beautiful clubhouse. So yeah. <laughs> Or at least Wait, they have have you have you ever watched the, the the show Outer Banks on Netflix? I haven't. That's where it's I filmed. Know, I know. I know. We're closing off here, but yeah, like for whatever reason, like they were like filming s- segments of like uh, like hosted dinner parties and like clubhouse parties at the Kiowa, the Ocean really? Course Clubhouse. So weird. It's not even close to Outer Banks. It's just so weird. But anyways, huh. yeah, Random. that's enough for the pod, guys. We'll talk to you later. There you go. Hollywood. <laughs> Those guys are tricksters. <laughs> All right. Well, always a good time, dude. Um, Masters Week is in the books, and this pot is in the books. So until next week, Coach, it's always a fun time, man, catching up. Always a pleasure. Later, boys.